Well, hey, Gateway, it is, it is great to be back and back in the saddle, and uh, especially with all our campuses today, Gateway South, you there? And Gateway Central, Gateway Branson, the Rowdies down there, and whoever's joining us online, and we are so glad. And today, I want to I wanna speak honestly. In fact, um, I just told the programming team, they said, what are you going to speak on? This is before uh, my sabbatical, and I said, I don't know. Just call it honestly, and I'll just, I'll speak on what God puts on my heart. And uh, so that's what I'm going to do today. And you know, when, when, when people say honestly, um, sometimes what's going to follow is something you don't want to hear, right? Like, like you remember, remember uh, like dating, and you have the DTR talk, right? The define the relationship talk. And you say, so, so where do we stand? How do you really feel about me? If the next word is honestly... It's going to be a bad night, right? <laughs> or I could go to your boss and say, hey, how's my performance? If he says, honestly, ooh, brace yourself. Now, honestly, I want to say a little of that, but, but that's not really the honestly I want to talk to you about. It's more the honestly that signals what I'm about to say is really important to me. And it's, it's kind of a cue that I hope you'll take this seriously. I hope you'll pay attention because this is from my heart. And that's what I want to talk more about today. Um, you know, honestly, <laughs> it's hard to speak to such a diverse group of people too. Uh, you know, when Devon Franklin was here, he said something interesting to me. He said, I have never spoken to such a diverse group. So, so many diverse races and ethnicities, but also young and old and rich and poor and, and just diverse and, and diverse spiritually as well. You know, some of you are here, uh, maybe here in Austin or online or at Branson, and, and you don't know what you think about this God Jesus stuff yet. You're just exploring faith. And I want to say first to you, we started this church for you. I'm so glad you're here. And I hope what you hear today helps you move toward God and toward his church. And then there are others who have been around for a while, but, but you haven't connected in relationally yet. And I hope you get a vision for why relational connection is so important today. And then there's others of you who you've been around and you've been connected and giving and serving and growing. And I just hope you feel uh, a great sense of, wow, look at what God's done today. Now, honestly, uh, this whole church thing, this gateway adventure, um, has been a long journey. At times, honestly, it's been really hard. And there have been times when I've wanted to just throw in the towel and say, it's not worth it. This church thing, it's just too hard. But it is worth it. It is worth it. That's what God reminded me of this summer. It's worth it because it's his idea. It was never my idea. It's no human's idea. It's God's idea. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I want to share with you honestly some of the things that God reminded me of, of why I do this and why we ought to be in it together. You know, it was 19 years ago this summer in August, Ted and Stephanie and Charles and Raquel and Kathy and I, we had been working hard for seven months sharing our faith and telling people this vision of church for the unchurched, for our generation, inviting people to come join us to help build this church. And by that time, we only had like 25 people meeting in four life groups. And I'll never forget the very first message I did. It was in August in a house, 25 people, and I, and I was talking to them about how church is the hope of the world when it's done right. 
And I told him, look, our mission is to help unchurched people become a unified community of growing Christ followers. And I said, look, all over Austin, there are people who are hurting and broken and addicted and struggling, and they don't know that God is for them, not against them. And God wants his church to be his body going to people to let them know that God is, is for them. And, and then I kind of went out on a limb. I'll never forget. I mean, I was literally, I was pitting out. I was so nervous, but I said it. I said, and if you will commit yourself fully, like if you, if you will give yourself to, to each other and to serving and loving God and giving and growing together, I believe that you will look back years from now and together we'll be in awe of God because thousands and thousands of people will have been touched. Tens of thousands of lives will probably be changed because of what God's done through you. And you'll be in awe of God and it'll change you. And I, and I challenge them to be a part of this for the sake of those who would come as well, for what God will do in you and what will happen afterwards. And then I walked out after we finished, wrapped up, and I walked out into the night sky and I looked up and I said, oh my gosh, what did I just say? You know, like thousands and thousands of people? I can't do that. Are you really going to do that, God? How? And I, you know, I mean, honestly, I was a doubting Thomas of the vision God had given me. And yet he did do it. He did it. And he did it through you. And he wants to continue to do it through us. Just like a small core group did eight years ago uh, at Gateway South to start Gateway South. You know, just as five years ago, Brian and Amy and a small group of volunteers started serving in Branson and started Gateway Branson. You know, just as they did on the online campus and just as Kenny and Jenny and a small group of people did a couple years ago at Gateway South. And I believe he wants to do the same thing through you listening right now. And, and he will, through that, grow you into the person you knew you were intended to be more and more. And you'll look back with a tight group of friends years from now and go, wow, look at how God has impacted thousands of lives through us. God is awesome. That's what I hope you realize from this message, because that's what God reminded me of this summer. He reminded me, this isn't something you're doing, this is something I'm doing, and it is worth it. In fact, it's worth everything. And honestly, I'm so grateful to those who have just rolled up their sleeves to help build his church over the years. And I don't mean the building. You know, uh, the building, buildings are necessary, but the church is not a building. The church is people. And it takes people to build people. And, I, and I'm so grateful. You know, Kathy and I had a chance to spend some time with some of those people who were the first 25 in that house 19 years ago. You know, Robert and Lisa Reed, we, we were with them this summer. And I remember when Robert and Lisa and, and Becky and Matt Laswell, they were on our driveway in the hot summer sun 19 years ago painting children's banners. And, and since then, they've been serving and giving and sacrificing and leading to pay it forward for those who would come after them. And they're still doing that, serving at Gateway Central now, today. And I was with Steve Tarr not long ago, who took his, his MBA degree and, and, and used it for our first budget. And he's been serving on our board ever since then. And, and uh, interacted with Christy and Jody Cochran. Christy came to faith 
19 years ago this summer and then used her master's in teaching to serve our kids. And she has been volunteering, and Jody, they've been volunteering, serving kids every Sunday for 19 years. You think you could handle that? Yeah. I told her, Christy, I think it's time to take a break, you know? You deserve a sabbatical after 19 years. And uh, she's been taking a little sabbatical and I can't wait for her to be back. But man, I'm just so grateful because for so many of you who have been volunteering and leading and investing yourself in building what God is building on earth, his church. And it only happens relationally. And I want to remind you that you will not take your money or your houses or boats or titles to heaven. But you will take a legacy of the people you've built into. That's what God's doing through his church. You know, it's amazing what he has been doing all over, uh, all over our city. Like at Gateway South. Southeast, you still with me? You there? (laughs) So think about it. You know, Gateway, we started in central Austin. And we were in central Austin until they decided to tear down our building uh, in 2006. And then 1,100 of you committed and, and sacrificed financially to build this facility north But right after that, I remember when a a core group of people from South Austin came to me and and they said, hey, we want to be the church locally. We want to serve and love and bring life and freedom to our neighbors, you know, Uh, but but we live south and and we can't bring them up north. That violates the South Austin code of conduct, (laughs) you know, right? You're You're not allowed to cross the river except for a funeral. Otherwise, it'll make you unweird, something like that. No, they didn't say that, but something like it. And, and we talked about, let's launch a Gateway South campus. And in 2008, we did. And do you know that from that small core group, uh, over 6,000 people in South Austin have been ministered to in some ways? That's how many people we have in our database from South Austin who have come and, and explored faith or gotten connected or been served in some way. And, and last year, you guys moved into your own uh, 24-7 facility and now have grown to 700 people coming regularly and getting connected and growing and serving and starting new ministries. It's awesome. Way to go. And, and especially those of you who have been in it, really investing to build uh, God's church there. And I just want to challenge you, South, that this is a critical time because, you know, with growth and you get bigger and it allows you to offer more. You know, some more restore classes and Gateway U classes and things for singles and networks and, and outreach to the homeless and things like that and more life groups. But as you grow bigger, be careful because it's easy for people to feel lost and disconnected. So work hard to keep making South warm and inviting and friendly as you continue to, to see more and more people come. And another legacy of, of Gateway South is you, you sent out a core to start Gateway Central. Gateway Central, you there? Still there? Hey, you know what? Uh, I am so excited. And I I just got to tell you, I'm so excited that Gateway has a presence back in Central Austin. You know, that that Gateway is there bringing life and freedom to Central Austin. You know, because we, we all know that if you live in Central Austin, you ain't about to drive anywhere for anything, right? Am I right? Yeah, I mean, if you're in Central Austin, you're, about, you're not about to drive up to North Campus, Yankeeville. You're not going to go to South Campus, Hippieville, 
right? You don't go to people, people come to you. Am I right, Central? Yeah, who am I talking to? I'm talking to someone there. I tried, I can't pull it off like Devon. I so wish I could do that. Man, you guys were like a different church, okay? Like, wow. But Central, you know, it's so cool what God is doing through you. And, and, and a, a group of you, you've been diving in and you've been serving and you've been leading others and you've been, you know, bringing life and freedom to people in Central Austin. And I want to say to you, because you're in your portable years, the same thing I said to the, to the church, you know, 19 years ago, that when the shine starts to wear off, it gets harder. You know, it's not new and flashy. It gets harder to keep serving and keep giving and keep building into people. But if you will, you will look back years from now and not only will God have changed you, but you'll have a tight group of friends and you'll look back and you'll be in awe that God has impacted so many lives through you. So don't give up, keep going. Now's a critical time. All right, now I wanna talk to Gateway Branson, the Rowdies at Gateway Branson. You there, Gateway Branson? We are gonna celebrate with you because Gateway Branson just moved into their own 24-7 facility. Take a look at this. Isn't that awesome? And, and, you know, on our other campuses, I don't know if you realize it, but I want you to hear this because this could be your story. You know, Brian and Amy Stallings, just ordinary people, just like you, had two jobs, just like you, Brady Bunch family, two divorces, brought a bunch of kids together. Then they started following Christ fully and they found out about the working poor living in the motels in Branson, many who were struggling to provide for their kids. And in 2011, they just started caring and getting to know them. And they started bringing these, these sack lunches, these little meals, delivery meals to them. And more and more people said, hey, will you take one here? Will you take one there? And they got some volunteers together and, and they brought more and more meals. And then they read No Perfect People Allowed and in 2012 came and said, what we're realizing is what, what people need most is a church that will accept them as is. So many people uh, in, in Branson, they feel like they, they can't go to church because the church just judges them. They need to know how valuable they are to God. Help us. And so we did. And we helped them start Gateway Branson. And uh, since 2012, they have had this church for the unchurched in Branson. And it's been amazing. In fact, Watch what some of the people say about it. like the love you feel when you walk through the doors. It's a true mission, uh, and, and the people here just bring that message across really well. A lot of love, admiration, and the way you guys carry yourselves is just awesome. Favorite thing about Jesus is homeless? Helping out. That's why I come to help out.
you, if you actually go on a route with one of them, you would be surprised how many people you come across. I was one of them. That's what, that's how, that's what got me involved in this. They give back to the community. They go out every Thursday to the people on the strip and the hotels and motels and hand out between seven and eight hundred meals a week. Not awesome. And I just want to, we want to celebrate with you guys who have been involved serving alongside Brian and Amy and the team there over the last five years. Do you know that, that Gateway Branson has seen 142 people come to faith and get baptized as Christ followers? And we're talking drug dealers, prostitutes, addicts, uh, I mean, you name it. And then they've turned around and started serving others. Uh, they've had 129 people graduate from their Jobs for Life program. 80% now are working full-time. 49% of them went from homeless to having permanent housing. Do you know, isn't that awesome? Gateway Branson, they've served 34,000 hot breakfasts on Sundays over the last five years and delivered, check this out, 375,000 meals to people in motels. That's awesome. And check this out too. The county hospital said that because of the services they're doing to the community there, they figured that they have, they have saved $1 million in ER and emergency room costs because of it. And with this new campus, they're going to be able to expand their programs to start a thrift store and a cafe and a telemedicine room, more life groups, more restore and recovery programs. It's awesome. And Gateway North, let me speak to you. You have helped do that. See, we're all doing this together. None of us, I couldn't do all that, right? A few of us couldn't do that. We're all doing it together. And quite honestly, I'm, I'm amazed, Gateway North, at, at how many people you have helped serve by providing a place where people could come and explore faith. Do you know that right here at Gateway North, we have 40,000 people in our database who have come and sat in these seats and given us their names. That's because people come to explore faith. They come when they're hurting. But that's also, honestly, the tough part too and the messy part and the challenging part is that when you're reaching people who don't go to church, they come and they go unless you relationally connect with them. You know, I can hardly go anywhere across Austin without someone coming up to me and saying, hey, I go to Gateway, you're my pastor. And, and honestly, that was my biggest fear this summer because <laughs> I had to like get a physical and some very personal medical testing done. And I could just picture walking in, you know, sitting there with nothing on except that little, you know, hospital gown with the spaghetti string and the breezy back and in walks the nurse and... I know you, you're my pastor, I go to Gateway. Like, yeah, you're about to know me a lot better. <laughs> you wanna hear something funny? It happened. <laughs> I go to this new doctor, nurse practitioner walks in, John. <laughs> and, and she actually, uh, she's a PA and she serves in the Hope Medical Clinic, you know, that we helped start to, to serve refugees for free. 
And uh, fortunately, it was just a, just a checkup, so it was fine. But, but you know, when, when, I, when people say to me, I go to Gateway, and really it does, it happens all over, I, I, uh, I start to probe a little, and I, and I usually find out they really do go to Gateway, they really don't go to any other church, they never had any other church, and they really come regularly every three to four months or so. Because that's what it's like when you're reaching out to people who don't do church and don't like church. And that North Campus is what I want to challenge us with. Because the biggest challenge is helping people feel loved and connected relationally. And so I want to challenge you that, you know, come, but don't come every Sunday just to receive, but also come to give. Come and meet one new person or one new family and help them meet other people and help them connect relationally when they're ready to connect. Because the church at the core is relationship. That's the church at its best. You know, uh, North, you also help launch our online campus. And, and I want to speak about our online campus a second. Because do you realize that our largest attendance each week is through the online campus, through Gateway Church Online and Facebook? And I want to encourage you to share that with your friends and, and, and people all over the world. Do you realize 160 countries, people from 160 countries have checked in to watch our messages over the years? That's amazing. We right now, we have leaders that we're building into in life groups in seven countries who are now leading life groups of their own and launching networks in their countries to bring life and freedom to the people around them. And that's our vision for it. Now, honestly... Our vision for online campus was never to be an off-ramp relationally. Like so that people here in Austin could just stay home and disconnect relationally. That was never the goal. And don't use it that way because that actually works against what God's trying to build. Because the church at its core is relationship. And now maybe you say, well then, then why, why have it so big? Well, we never set out to make it big. It, it's big when it's working because more and more people want what the church is intended to be. But here's the thing. That's also why we are in life groups. It's why we're in networks and why we're at campuses. So we can be locally invested relationally, but there's a great value to being one church in many locations that's bigger. We can do things together we could never do alone. Like think about what we've been able to do. I'll just name a few things. Like together, we've been able to provide financially for four village champions full-time fighting poverty in Haiti, in the village of Simonette, Haiti, to, put, to really make a difference in poverty. We've been able to build a hospital through Jaya's ministry in India to provide free medical care for people who can't afford it and all kinds of other ministries connected to it. We've been able to serve in slums, like in Slumdog Millionaire slums outside Mumbai, a couple hours outside Mumbai with Denny in India. With our partnership uh, through South Campus, you know, we, we've been able uh, to, to do amazing things, drill it in water wells in Nicaragua for villages that had no water. And, and through what we're doing at Central Campus now in Burundi, Africa, we're able to provide through churches there. This, this Christmas and every Christmas, we've been able to do things like this. This Christmas together, we were able to fund a thousand refugee kids with food, clothing, shelter, and education through churches in Syria and Jordan and here in Austin. That was just this Christmas. That's what we can do together. (laughs) 
And honestly, I get so excited because we can do so much more. I get so excited about what we can do over the next few years and the next 20 years if we're all in it together. If we are all in it, like those original people who gave and served and led and grew and sacrificed to pay it forward for others. And you know, honestly, and here comes the honestly that's not so easy to hear. (laughs) You know, honestly, what has discouraged me and at times just angered me is the cynicism that's getting leveled against the church. And I don't just mean gateway church. I mean pretty much every church and every local church. And here's what I want to say, honestly. It's so much easier to tear something down than build something. It's just much easier. But be a builder. If you have something wrong with the church, be the solution. And, and, and you know, what? I, I get it. Let me just say that. I get it, though. Because <laughs> there are no perfect churches because there are no perfect people. And I was a cynic and a critic of the church. I mean, from what I grew up with, I, I said this. I said, well, I know one thing. I will never be a pastor. What a waste of a life. <laughs> I really said that. What was it that, that changed my mind? That would lead me to go from a good career in engineering to start a church for people who don't like church. Let me share a couple of things with our remaining time. The first, like I said, because I realize it's God's idea. It's not a human idea. Jesus said, I will, I will do this. And Jesus knows what's wrong with every church. And there's something wrong with every church. Read Revelation chapter 2 and 3. He addresses seven typical churches. Everyone, he says what's right because there are things right with everyone. And everyone, he says what's wrong because there's something wrong with everyone. And, and, and the reason is not because there's something wrong with the idea of church. See, we all know what church should be. We all know it should be this relationally loving, inviting, welcoming, merciful place that allows people to grow and change. It should be this powerful force for justice and a restorative force in the world. And the only thing that keeps it from being that is you and me. And everyone else that God invites to co-labor with him, building his kingdom first, not ours first. And that's the problem. And so anytime we point a finger, be sure to point it back and ask the hard questions of ourselves about church. Because God's plan to restore what's wrong in the world is still through you and me and everyone he invites into his church. Now, here are a couple other things you got to realize. His church is supposed to be a new family. God's church is a new family. Take a look at what it says in Hebrews 2.10. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy us who have follow, who follow God, us, his church, have the same father. That's why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. The church is a new family. See, what God was doing through Jesus is making a way for anyone, anywhere to be forgiven of anything and then be brought into a new family where he wants to teach us to grow up into the loving people he always intended us to be. 
That is what he's doing here. Church is relational at the core. In fact, let me ask you a question. Do you know what time church starts? Not, not the Inspire service. I already know you don't know what time the Inspire service starts. <laughs> You're 15, 30 minutes late. I mean, come on, people. No, not the Inspire service. What time does church start? When we leave this room. When we go out from here. See, the service is just helping us be the church. The church is how we treat each other and the world around us 24-7 out of this room. That's the church. The church is meant to be relational. It's a new family. See, there are two things you can't do in life alone. One, be married. You can try, but you can't. You can't be married alone. And you can't be a Christian alone. Not fully. To love God fully is to love others. You can't separate them. You know, uh, next week we're going to start a very important series. Please don't miss it because we're going to go through the one another's of the Bible. See, the one another's are, are God's way that he wants us to treat each other as his new family. We're a new family with a new father who has new family rules he wants us to understand. And when the church is doing this, you know, it, it is what every human longs for. A place to belong where they're welcome at the table, where regardless of your failures or your faults or your sins, you're welcomed and you're loved because the Father loves you. And nobody stands alone. Through hard times, through celebrations, you have people in it with you. And you're fully known and yet fully accepted by a few people who are your champions. They're spurring you on to help you become all you can be. And you're doing that for other people in your life as well. And we're growing up spiritually in life groups and networks and we're in serving teams and we're serving the world. That's the family God wants us to be. And when it's functioning like that, it's beautiful. You know, this June, I was invited, Kathy and I were invited to Brandy's high school graduation, celebration thrown by her Gateway family. Because some of you invited her biological family a number of years ago they were still agnostic but you invited them and they came and they felt loved and they felt welcomed and they got invited to serve in guest services and over the course of that year they all found faith and they got baptized together as a family and then a couple years later Brandy's sophomore year in high school tragedy hit drunk driver runs a red light t-bones her parents both her parents die now Gateway services didn't have to be told, act like a new family. They were following Jesus. And they rallied around Brandy. And they were there grieving with her. And, and they were there, you know, to give her rides to church and help her continue serving and have a family to sit with in church and then get her to our youth group so that she could start to grow in faith and she continued to serve. And now she's a leader in, in next gen. And then when it was time for graduation, they were throwing her the party. Her biological parents are waiting for her in heaven, but she has a new family here. That's church at its best. God wants us to be a new family with a new father, learning a new way to be human to one another. And the church is a hospital for those who need healing. You know, too many Christians want a country club 
to go to, like a Christian country club. Like I wanna go to a place where people look like me and act like me and talk like me and I can, you know, like if I'm a single, I can find someone to date and if, I'm, if I have family, it can be, you know, a nice families to meet for my kids, you know, and, and that's what they're looking for. The only problem, nothing wrong with that, but the problem is that was not Jesus' intention for starting his church. He told us, here's what I came for and the church is his body on mission doing what he did. He said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to, be, to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He wants his church to be a place where we can all heal. Because we all need to heal. And where people can be set free from depression and despair and darkness and addictions and slaveries of all kinds. You know, this summer I read a, a book that Ben Sledge wrote. Ben, who's uh, at Central Campus, um, he came as an agnostic and he was hurting. He was hurting because he, he was dealing with PTSD from the Afghan and uh, Iraqi wars that he had served in. And then coming home and finding out his wife was shacking up with another man. Not Emily. Okay, don't want to spread any rumors. This is 10 years ago, another wife, okay? Don't, don't want Central to panic, all right? Uh, but he came, check this out. His atheist buddy saw what, how much he was hurting and what despair he was in and said, I'm going to take you to Gateway Church. Why? Because we have the reputation of Jesus. The sinners, the tax collectors, the prostitutes said, we can go to him. He cares. And so his atheist buddy brings him. And nine years later, Ben is in full-time ministry now, ministering to troubled teens. And he just wrote a book on self-harm and cutting. It's excellent. If you're dealing with that or you know someone dealing with it, you should get it. But that's what God intends. We come and we come to faith and we heal. And then we become wounded healers of others. The church is meant to be the hope of the world. The church is a force for change at its best. Remember Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Marriages are breaking apart, you know, still at an alarming rate. What will make a change? What will be a force for change in that if not the church? Single parents are struggling trying to cope many of them alone with no families, no people around them. Who will be a, a force for change? Who will be a family to them if not the church? You know, addicts are struggling to find a way to overcome. And the church is meant to be that place where they can connect to a higher power. We can be a force for change there. People who have health and wealth and popularity and seemingly everything on the outside are still despairing and troubled and stressed and worried and anxious. And what will change that? Who will be a force for change if not the church? Their kids all over growing up in turmoil, full of resentment and anger, seething out of them at a surprisingly young age. And what's going to make a difference? Who will care? Who will be Jesus to them. We will. We are. And we can so much more because you are his church. It's his idea. And that's why I want to pray for us. Whatever campus we're on, wherever we are, before I turn it over to the campuses. And I want to pray 
that you will move toward God and toward building people, building his church. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for what you're doing. It's imperfect because we're imperfect. And yet it's beautiful the way you are restoring what has been lost and broken in this world. Not by forcing us, not by coercing us, but working with our willingness to follow you, to learn from you, to take our cues from you. So we do grow up to be a new family, treating each other in a new way and being a restoring force in the world. God, right now I pray for those here who are listening online um, who aren't sure what they believe yet. They don't know what they think about you, about Jesus. God, thank you that this is a place where they can explore faith. And I pray that they will take steps toward relationship because that's where they can discover best, to get involved in Alpha, the Alpha course coming up. Lord, help them to discover how much you love them, how much they're worth to you. And God, for those who have been following Christ and maybe hanging out around here for a year or more but haven't gotten relationally connected, God, I pray they would take a next step this fall. Just take the starting gate tour and get relationally connected serving and, and doing something with your body. Lord, for those of us who Maybe we've been serving, we've been, we, we know people, but we haven't gotten in a life group yet to get serious about putting spiritual practices in place where we can really grow and, and have that tighter family community. Lord, I pray that in this season that when, when life groups are open, I pray many people would get connected into a life group. And Lord, I want to thank you for every single person um, who over the years, whether here at Gateway or in, in another church, They've rolled up their sleeves to build people, to love and to serve and to give and to lead and to invest in your kingdom. Because Lord, I know that we will never be sorry because the church is still your hope for the world. We thank you for it in Jesus' name.